Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. Welcome. The goal of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those whose God-given mission is to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're training warriors to fight for the human heart. Our spiritual coaching is driven by a singular belief that every wound in our heart that's left untouched by God will hinder how deeply we can know Him and how fully we can follow Him. Only healthy hearts are free to develop a relationship with God that outlasts the pressures of life and every unworthy claim for our loyalty and devotion. Welcome. You found the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to fight for and guide reluctant hearts into full and fearless devotion to God. I want to take a minute here and go off script just for a second. As I sit here in my home office recording the, this next batch of episodes for you all, uh, I want to take a minute to extend an extra thank you to everyone for listening. You're a part of a growing force of folks listening all around the U.S., not just here in the Northeast or more specifically in upstate New York where I live, but in Virginia, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Alabama, Nevada, California, and also in Canada, the U.K., France, Germany, Ireland, Ukraine, and Saudi Arabia. If you are responsible for this wide listening base because you followed, liked, or shared my podcast, please accept my gratitude. Uh, this podcast was primarily created as a training tool uh, for my expanding team of spiritual coaches here at Two Rivers. What I've been told by my team uh, is that the content has helped them grow spiritually um, as coaches as well as prepare them for coaching others. And I found that beyond my coaches, our own pastoral team and those in other many positions are finding it helpful. In fact, uh, our executive assistant slash receptionist is listening because she greets people in person and on the phone who are in great need and, and she ends up trying to give them some encouragement while they wait for their appointment. We're only five and a half years old as a church, but this year we will be multiplying into a four-location movement uh, with a couple other churches that do not have the Two Rivers name. But, you know, we're taking an active part in helping them um, recover and become life-giving again. With that many locations and as spread out as we are, covering about a two-hour radius, I needed to find a way of getting training content to them. And I'm just stunned and honored that people around the globe have both found this podcast and have chosen to listen. Please feel free to email me or direct message me on Facebook or Twitter and let me know where you are listening from and ask questions and maybe suggest topics for future podcasts, you know, about subjects that are relative to spiritual coaching uh, that you would like to someday um, receive some teaching, training, or clarity on. Uh, my email will be given at the end of the podcast by my lovely wife. Uh, you can find me on Twitter using the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast uh, searching for that, or simply at TRCSCP. That's TRCSCP. That stands for Two Rivers Church Spiritual Coaching Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Facebook for searching for Pastor Carrie, that's K E R R Y, or using at PK Spiritual Coaching. That's at PK Spiritual Coaching. Find me in any of those locations. I would be uh, uh, delighted to hear from you. And again, thanks for listening. 
All right, let's kick this thing into gear. We, uh, As we talk about spiritual coaching, we need to address another issue that is often overlooked by coaches and those that come to them for help. And that is that tragedy can be found to be an actual treasure. There is treasure that can be found in tragedy. We are not saying, please hear me, we're not saying that tragedy isn't tragic. Just that it's not a waste. All the baggage we carry, all the pain and junk in our story, it creates barrier after insufferable barrier between us and God. But those struggles, if seen from a new angle, can be seen as pure gold. Allow me to explain. Someone who's never faced a challenge bigger than themselves can't know what it's like to defeat a challenge bigger than themselves. Okay? Someone who's never faced a challenge that's bigger than they are, well, they can't know what it's like to defeat a challenge that's bigger than they are. There can be no victory without a fight, no healing without a wound, no freedom without bondage. So, every twinge of pain, emotional or physical, every time we desire for a healing that we don't yet have, it's a chance to turn it into something that builds our trust in and a relationship with God. Now, I don't, advise, I don't advise becoming a masochist so you have something to work with, but most people don't need to. We already have enough wounds to suffice. It's immeasurably important that a good spiritual coach gets this point deep into their heart. Miss this, and you miss more than an opportunity. You miss God. It may even mean the reason will have to be taught again. Uh, it may even mean... Uh, that there's a reason why we need to be taught again through some fresh pain because we missed it the first time around. If we don't realize that, if we let pain, that if we let pain drive us to God um, and see that it holds great value, we won't direct people correctly. If spiritual coaches don't have that experience that will back this truth, they need to get some. When Jesus sent out his 12 followers, he told them to announce that the kingdom of heaven was there, was here. Uh, then he told them that they'd be able to heal, resurrect, and kick out demons. And then he said something even more incredible. He told them, give as freely as you have received. Are we to believe these 12 had experienced these things? It would seem so. They were to give out of their own storehouse of treasure that was accumulated by bringing their own tragedies, their own struggles and pain to God. Apparently, they had been healed. There had been a resurrection of some sort, whether physical or just of life, um, you know, real life. And apparently they had seen or experienced demons being kicked out. At the very least, what's clear is that they had received something from God in order to have something to freely give. Um, they'd received it already and were not waiting for it at some future date. God had treated them generously, so they were to live generously. The things he listed, you know, healing, resurrection, and exorcisms weren't in reference to eternity, but to the here and now. None of that will be needed in glory after this life ends. If all you have ever been saved from is your sin, so that you only have a promise of heaven, you are to be most pitied. Yes, you heard me right. Not downplaying being saved from your sin. I'm just saying that's not all there is. Um, you're to be pitied in this life. Uh, if we're waiting to experience the love and transforming and saving power of God to experience it, not just to have it, but to experience it. If we're waiting until we get to heaven, 
we won't make a very good coach because we'll have nothing temporal from which to share. We'll have nothing temporal to give. Later, uh, after Jesus had left them and returned to his throne in heaven, Peter was still living this directive that Jesus gave them. Uh, one time there was a, a lame man outside the church of their day, outside the temple. He was begging for money and he asked Peter and John for a handout. This is their incredible reply. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly. He was expecting money. But Peter said, I do not have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Christ Jesus, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And the lame man did just that. As Peter helped him up, his feet and ankles were healed. He didn't just stand up. He leapt around like a crazy man. Peter didn't have money, but he had faith in the love and power of God to heal. Somehow he knew it would happen. He believed it would. And so he gave away what he had. He gave that faith away. He stood in God's place and gave away what he saw Jesus give away many times. It was almost like he was God's replacement in that moment. And indeed he was. Another man who authored part of the Bible, who'd received much from God himself, the Apostle Paul, he explains it, this being in God's place, he explains it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, beginning at verse 18. Uh, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Okay, that's what we experienced. And then uh, God has given us this task of reconciling people to others. So what God gave us, we're to give to others. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As ambassadors, God makes his appeal to people through us. What makes us believable is not a miracle as much as the fact that we're giving what we have received. What we received, miracle or not, gives us confidence others can sense. Uh, and, and miracles have a shaky track record of long-term positive effect. Just study Jesus' experience with the murderous crowds who'd uh, seen some of those famous miracles. Um, many already had faith before they got their miracle. Um, many were only temporarily turned to Jesus. Some, like nine out of the ten lepers that Jesus healed, never gave them time of day. They got their miracle and off they went. However, if we've received from God, it means we can show others the way because we've been where they need to go. We have scouted out the road ahead, so to speak, and know where the pitfalls are and how to safely transverse the way to God. We can help them continue to stand after they've received. Uh, you know, we kind of scout it out and then come back to where others are in humility and coach them down the right path to God. Much is immediately available from God that needs no miracle if we just could be guided to it by someone who knows where the treasure lies. This is why I say that our first responsibility is not to pray for healing or comfort for those we coach. It's to make use of their story to point them to God. That's our responsibility, to hear their story and to use that to point them to God. 
to help them experience for themselves the loving forgiveness and healing power of God. Sometimes, often, people just want us to pray away their difficulty. But to do so would be to rob them from the greatest of all treasures, a first-person experience with the living, loving God. Praying away their troubles may or may not be attributed to God and may or may not produce lasting devotion. But personal experience with God, that, that they are guided by a coach that builds our relationship with Him. Every opportunity to pray for others is a chance to turn their hearts to God. Okay? Every opportunity to pray with someone else is a golden opportunity to turn their hearts towards God. Before anything from our past is a problem to be solved, every struggle is primarily a gift that drives us to God and secures our heart to Him. And we need to be driven to God because we're stubborn, independent, arrogant, and selfish people. Few choose God without some motivation. Certainly, Christ's redemptive mission in, this, in, in, in the place to begin with, but as wrong as it seems to say it, we humans need something more immediate, more tangible, more visible to move our hearts to the deepest, truest loyalty to God. Okay, Christ's redemptive mission, that's in place and that's important, but we need more. This truth makes it a little easier to understand one reason why God allows our free will to hurt others. Many attack God for setting reality up that way with this idea of free will. As if that is all he has set up. But it isn't all. Hurt people hurt people. But God has provided so that hurt people can become healed people. And that healing brings them to him. He has, um, he has everything we need for healing and health. And using it will build us to bind us to him with the fiercest of allegiance. The overflowing good that comes from deep connection with God, a relationship that comes through healed wounds, is able to handle every pain and injustice and, and make them seem like a treasure because they brought us to God. So, certainly, pray for healing. Um, believe that God can. But remember that the very wound that, that has a purpose, every wound has a pur purpose, one that they may not yet see. It's our responsibility to help them see it, to recognize what God is doing. Whatever it is, God can and will use it to draw them to himself if they will let him. We must remember that God may have something else in mind, something that's not immediate healing or relief. And that something else is far more important. Okay, let me say that again. We've got to keep in mind that God often has something else in mind, something other than the immediate healing or relief that they want. And that something else is way more valuable than a healing, than relief, than comfort. One of those important things is teaching us how to live in the strength God provides. We do it by embracing our weakness, celebrating it even, living with it, learning how to see the pain we face for the richness of dependence it brings out in us. Even injustice and abuse can make us strong if we first let it make us weak by bringing that need to God and then contently take whatever God gives. 
either removal of the thorn or the strength to live with it and the power that he gives and to his honor. Next time on the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we'll attempt to get a grip on how to balance truth-telling, vitally necessary to the spiritual coaching, coaching process, how to balance that with being kind and sensitive. Thank you. We're honored that you've taken the time to give us a listen as we teach spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. If you'd like to contact Pastor Kara to ask a question, give feedback, or sign up for coaching, you have two options. First, you can visit our coaching website by going to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching. Be sure to hyphenate life coaching. When there, just click the button in the blue banner. On that page, you'll also find free tools to use in your spiritual coaching practice. Additionally, you will find a link to a blog where you can get a transcript of today's show, filled with Bible references and other content not mentioned on the podcast. Second, you can email Pastor Carrie directly at carrie at tworivers.church. That's carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, at two, T-W-O, rivers.church. If this content was helpful, please jump over to iTunes and SoundCloud. Search for the Spiritual Coaching Podcast and give us a like and share the podcast so that more people like yourself can find us. Again, thank you, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast.